Hello everybody, welcome to the No Breaking Podcast. I'm here on site with the incredible, I will say that, Hannah Maloof from Maloof Racing, I might say that. Is that correct? Did you say that, Hannah? Yes, that's correct. And you are a self, this is how you described yourself, an incredible mechanic, well, and I'm paraphrasing here, an incredible mechanic, a spirited precision driver, and one of the greatest uh, bracketing drag racers that's ever lived. Is that right? <laughs> that's a little like, a little much, but I mean... <laughs> I've just taken a little creative liberty, so please, yeah. <laughs> that's all on me, me. But that's what you'd like to see yourself doing, right? Yes. So, with that being the case, and can you give us a little bit of background into you and the family and, and how you've sort of found yourself in this position of where you're doing these all these different things evolving around automotive and whatnot? Well, uh, my dad owns Maloof Racing Engines, and he's been building engines since, you know, he was like, I think... 13 years old when he built his first go-kart engine. Okay. And so he's been doing this his whole life, and um, I was pretty much born into it. And I've been helping him build engines since I was before I was one. I've got pictures of me sitting on sitting on the counter in the engine room, with, and I've got a piston in one hand, and i got a pair of pliers in the other, and I'm just helping him put together an engine. And so from that early age, do you think he, your dad could have been in trouble with anyone in regards to maybe underage labor or that kind of thing so you were okay with it oh no we were uh, we were okay with that yeah yeah, yeah. I'm kidding, oh yeah I'm <laughs> um so with that being the case i mean you just talked to me ahead now i mean this last weekend you said you started obviously you're racing next weekend but you just pulled down and uh, pulled apart a race engine putting it together yes Is that kind of your day-to-day would you say then what you do absolutely yeah my day-to-day is um I so I pull apart racing engines and I clean them up, prep them um, for for the rebuilds, and um, I order parts and stuff like that for them. And then uh, we also do builds. We do builds, mostly builds. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, uh, I I do a lot of prep work for engines, and then I also work around the shop. So we have other sh- uh, cars that come in, and I work on the cars and all that. So what's your favorite thing to do when you're working on the cars then? Uh, my favorite thing to do, oh, everything. Yeah. I love it from top to bottom, everything, yeah. So, um, so when you said you started uh, working on engines, obviously, when you were a little baby, mm-hmm. when did it start to get through where it was like, where it really clicked for you, and you're like, this is the thing that I, I want to do for, for my passion? When did um, well. I mean, because obviously, hmm. I'll be honest, like, working on cars can sometimes be difficult. I mean, you get scraped knuckles. All the time. <laughs> floors are cold when you're laying on your back and working underneath them. I mean, sometimes yeah. it can be not, it's not ideal, right? Um, well, I mean, for me, I've just always loved it. I, as soon as I realized that this was my passion and that this is something that I could do every single day, it, I just, that's what, I pursued it. Okay. And I tried every single day to learn something new and get better as best as I can. And so, with your father working on the, uh, his obviously working on the cars from the outset, from you being around, when did your father start doing his racing, and when did that come into play then? Uh, my father has been racing for a long time. I'd say for over twenty years, I would say. And uh, he was he he race he races everything. So he's raced boats. He's raced um, he's raced. Uh, he did a lot of road racing, so I, I grew up going all of his races, even before I was even born, and like still in my mom's stomach, I've, she's always at the races, and so that, and does drag racing, and so, um, so yeah, I grew up in that racing world also. And then he also said he, he's helped you sort of 
work on the precision driving side. So can you sort of go into a little bit of detail about what precision driving is and what you sort of do in that regard? So precision driving is, um, I know a lot of people call it drifting mm -hmm. now, but um, I, I don't because I consider it a little bit different than drifting because drifting, you know, you're, you're, you're making a lot of smoke and you're kind of like burning tires and you're just kind of like throwing the car around. For me, precision driving is, um, for example, how I practice is we have a 67 Camaro that we set up and we call it stunt car and we set up cones in the middle of the street and I've got to hit that mark. So if I'm doing a 90 on, on the right side, I got to hit that mark and hit it and hit it and hit it and I keep repeating it until I hit it absolutely perfect and I get that cone in the same spot every time. And then I do the other side and then I'll do a 180, then I'll do a 360, you know, and it just kind of like everything. And then you do a reverse 180, you know, and you just, you keep doing it until you perfect it. And then is this for like, for example, like demonstrations or TV work or what's the, what's the... So I do precision it? driving for um, anything that I get hired for. So I've done TV shows, I've done commercials. Um, Which are some of the uh, TV shows and commercials that have enjoyed working and or showing off your skills on a web people can see you like perform? Um, I could say one of the first ones I did was a Blade commercial and that was kind of like a one-off thing and it, uh, it, that was pretty cool. I had to drive, uh, I want to say a 67 or 66 Mustang. It was a convertible one and it was not set up at all. It was, it was not set up and it had like the worst steering ever and we were out in the middle of the desert and they wanted me to drive it down the road and then kind of like fishtail it onto the dirt and then slide it up next to the helicopter and so that that with the actor in the car so that sounds like quite a bit of work then to be fair it is yeah it is and i'm assuming when you say it wasn't set up you're saying it wasn't obviously set up for like precision driving no um because there probably... are times that when we do stunts that we have certain stunt cars that we can set up and that they provide you know and stuff like that but this wasn't this was just a regular classic car yeah so not one ideally probably suited for yeah there's like no braking system no special steering system just like a regular mm -hmm. 67 yeah yes so can you go into a little bit more detail about then about like your uh car you've got the one that you've got your camaro that you practice in so what's been changed to that then to make it more usable for precision driving so my dad uh built this car actually i think before i was even born he had this car and he it's it was a crashed car and they gutted it and it's they caged it so it's got a special cage in it and we um he's got two braking systems so we've got two uh, and we use we use pedals mm -hmm. like a lot of people use um you can use a handbrake yep we have two pedal brake and then um and then yeah and then we built an engine for it we've gone through a couple engines for it because i used to also race the car okay so we we also use it to train other people how to drive and other people how to um drag race okay so and i guess some people obviously they're starting out are probably not quite the expert at driving a car for their first time so it can probably take a bit of a hammering right yeah yeah so we built a really strong small block for it just so that you know that it'll take that beating and it does and it's a it's a good strong running car. And then if you ever have any problems with it, right, you just fix it like in minutes. Oh yeah, we've got a couple backup engines for it. Yeah. Yeah. So with that being the case, so how did you sort of how did you then get into the drag racing then? How did that sort of follow through? Where did that come into it? So uh, when did you start, I should say? I started I started drag racing when I was sixteen years old. Mm -hmm. it, the next day after I got my license, because they wouldn't let you race at 
uh, at the track unless you had a either a um, NHRA license or a driver's license. And so okay. the next day I got my driver's license in the mail, I was at the track. And I at the time I was driving, um, I still have um, my daily's a 95 Dodge Ram truck. My mm-hmm. dad built a 318 for it. Uh, carbureted 318 for it and so I was driving that and so my dad was said okay well just get you used to those lights he's like let's take your truck out so uh, that Thursday we took it out to Irwindale and I started racing it and ever since then it was I was hooked I was done I was like okay I want to do this this is it and so for those people obviously that the Irwindale's the local one of the local speedways here Mm -hmm. in Los Angeles and every Thursday night it's basically it's like is it $20, $30 I can't remember how much it's it's somewhere around there yeah yeah and you can just bring your own car Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's if you you can bring your own car and then if it hits a certain speed then they have to make you like wear a helmet kind of thing yeah I think it's it's, seven seven two yeah but they can let's be honest the people that do the tech inspection are pretty savvy and they can probably tell how fast your car's gonna be yes because they've probably seen one or two cars in their time Oh yeah. So they so when I've I've been mm-hmm. uh, once or twice and I've taken like generally a, a car that maybe a manufacturer's brought me down. It's just been super fun because you get in line and hopefully no one breaks down or sprays anything on the track. Mm-hmm. But it is a lot of fun drag racing. It is, yeah. I I raced their test in two nights at Irwindale for a lot of years, and that's how that's where I got a lot of my practice in was right there at that track. Just moving up, you know, I, I raced my truck for a few months, and then um, and then I started racing the stunt car, mm-hmm. and I raced it with the the small block we had in it. Like I think we had a 350 in it, and I raced it for about a year, and then I built a faster engine for it, and I went faster, and you know, just kept working my way up. And so, what is it then that you're driving now, or your go-to now? So now I race a '68 Nova that uh, we picked up about a year or two ago. And uh, we got it as a rolling chassis, so it was already done. And then we built an engine for it and put it in the car. And I braced it last year in the Summit Series Division Seven. And then, um, so can you can you explain a little bit also what Division Seven means? Division Seven is our area, so I think it's uh, Irwindale, Fontana. I want to say it's Vegas, possibly Bakersfield. Okay. Yeah, it's like it's so like it's this regional, area. Yeah, it's a regional. Grouping. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then so. Can, uh, so what was the fastest or what were the times that you were doing last year? So um, since I'm bracket racing, we, we kind of just set the car at a certain time and speed so that we, you know, got to hit that same one. So right now I'm running, uh, we have it set at 920s going 135 miles an hour, somewhere around there. So pretty quick. Yeah. 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 And then so we, are you still looking to do that same bracket this year or are you going up or any faster bracket or what's, how's that going to be working for you um, this year's racing? So I'll be, yeah, we'll probably, we'll probably, um, go a little bit faster this year. We'll probably up it up a little and, uh, but we'll be running the same series and that starts end of this month. Yeah. And then, so speaking of that, also some people who might've seen you on the Netflix TV show. So can you talk a little bit about how that came about? So that actually came, they actually had found us and contacted us about that and asked if we would be a part of it. And we were, we, uh, we checked into it and we're like, okay, yeah, we'll do this. And so, uh, yeah, that was, that was really fun. It was a lot of fun, met a lot of great people and, uh, it was a good race and there's, there's a whole story behind that race, but yeah. I mean, it's reality TV, right? Obviously. Yes. And so reality TV is, it's not always quite a reality. And right. There's different things. Obviously, it's a TV show rather than an actual race. 
Right. So I guess that's probably where all the different stories come in from different ones, right? Yeah, and there's also, um, I guess, I can try and make long stories short, but I guess... You can, take, you can make a long story <laughs> long, it's absolutely okay. fine. We've got as much time as you want to talk about this, so it's totally fine. Awesome. Okay, so um, so what what happened was that when... Um, so we were racing my 64 Chevy pickup truck. Well, mm-hmm. it's, it's my dad's. Yep. And that truck is set up for... It's a street strip truck. So it's set up for street, you yep. know. And if you watch the whole series from uh, season one, at the end of the series, you'll see that the last race is out in the dirt. And when we found out that the last race was going to be in the dirt, we asked them, well, uh, we just finished building a land speed car that set the world record going over 200 miles an hour in its mm-hmm. class, yeah. which it had not been set since like 1980 something. Yep. And so we're like, can we use this car that it's set up for? This is what it does. And they're like, no, you can't use the car because it would ruin the storyline mm-hmm. because we've got the truck. Yeah. And so we're like, okay, so then me and my dad made an executive decision what we were going to do. So we had two options and that race was going to be a month from a month from the other race mm-hmm. from that date. And so we we got together the day of the race and we said, okay, well here's what we can do. We can either win this race, go to the next round, and we'll have to just bust numbers to set this truck up. We'll have to go out to the desert. We'll have to train because I'd never raced in the dirt. Yeah, and so I'll have to go out there. Have to tra- a little bit difficult. Yeah, to drive in the dirt as opposed to a track. It's completely or different. Or in this case, an airfield. Yeah, it's completely different. It's like it's like going from a drag race to a boat race. It's yeah. completely different. So I would have to go out there. I'd have to train. I'd have to I'd, I'd make sure the car's set up for it and test the car and all that. And so um, he's like, and if you want to do that, he's like, we'll do it. It'll be done. We'll get it done. And then he's like, otherwise, what we can do is we'll have a good time. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll do this race. And we just, you know, we just let somebody else win. And so when I was in the car, I'm sitting in the car, and I'm just, I'm thinking before – uh, we're all lining up and setting up, and I was like, okay. I was like, I'm not in it for, you know, for this race. I'm not in it for the glory. I'm not in it to, you know, prove anything. Yeah. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to let somebody else win, and I'll just, I just backpedaled off at the end. So, yeah, that's that story. But it was it was really good, and they everybody did, everybody did great. I know Corey, he's a great person. We ra- He races out at Irwindale also. Yeah, I was going to say, because obviously, the, the, well, the the car racing community is large. It's pretty small when it comes down to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you know. Yeah. Everybody, everybody mentioned knows everybody. That's yeah. kind of like the stunt world too. Everyone knows everybody. It's a tight knit family. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, also, so what are your plans then? I guess for the remainder of 2020, what do you think you're going to be doing in 2020? Aside from your bracket racing, what else you got plans for? Um. So I've got that planned. We've got um. We've got a, we've got a lot of things planned. We've got shows planned. We're going to be going to and oh, there's also other races that we go to. So like there's mats at the end of this month also mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. We'll be going to that, and then uh, there's obviously SEMA and PRI show. We'll be doing those, and then so what will you be doing at the SEMA and PRI show, for example? What are your plans for those? Um, you know, I'm not quite sure. They're still kind of like um, we're still kind of working those out and mm-hmm. everything, but. 
And then should who be are, out soon. Who are some of the sponsors that you get that help you make this this dream of yours a reality kind of thing? Who are the guys that help you along, or the companies, I should say? Um, what do you mean? The sponsors that help you, like with your cars and things like that, with your drag racing. Oh, with my drag racing. Yeah. Um, I would say my number one sponsor is you know my family. Yep. You know they my my dad helps me a lot. My mom helps me a lot. So, um, and then. I was uh, last year, and I was. I'm also the brand ambassador for Iski Racing Cams, mm-hmm. and so they also help out a lot with uh, valve train stuff. And you know, we use their stuff for everything. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really have like you know 15 sponsors and stuff. No, but, no, it's just yeah. good to, it's just good to have one. one yeah. and, and then the family is obviously a given. But then I was going to say Iski is another one of your big uh, big uh, back of you, since that's where we got to meet, obviously. Yes. At the conference. Exactly. But. Uh, what about uh, you talked obviously on the precision driving side that this mm-hmm. year you might be able to do more stunt work on the driving side and mm-hmm. possibly in in TVs and movies. So can you sort of explain a little bit about how sort of you can go from uh, doing that of your own and practicing and then sort of transitioning that into a sort of a paying career of sorts? How does that work? So I just got well. I um, just this last year I got my. Uh my three vouchers so that I can be SAG yep. eligible. And, and so then, can you explain to the listeners what a, what a voucher means or how, how that comes into it? So a voucher is kind of like a, um, it's like a work form. It kind of proves that you've worked three times non-union mm-hmm. on a on a set. Is it, is it for a number of hours or just, for example, working on that project kind of thing? Um, I want to say it might be for a number of hours. I'm not entirely sure on that. Okay. But, um, yeah, you, I just, I know you have to have the three vouchers for working and then you can turn that into SAG and you can get your SAG eligible card and you can work union. And then, then that's when, you know, you get called more. And obviously my dad is very high up in the stunt business. And so we have a lot of friends that are always, you know, looking for, yeah, for drivers. Like, like the racing one, I'm guessing it's a pretty small community as well. And there's probably yeah. not that many people that are, that are in the stunt driving world, right? Yeah. And then, I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot, but there isn't. Everybody pretty much knows everyone. And then obviously it's Los Angeles. There's a little bit of TV and movie work going on around here and commercial yeah. stuff, right? Yeah, there's what always are, a lot what, going on. One or two on. things happening, probably. Yeah. Well, I mean, what advice would you give to someone if they're looking to try and get into try and learn more about engines, either on the engine building side or trying to get into drag racing or even on the precision driving side? What are some of the tips or advice you might be able to give them, Hannah? So the first thing that I always tell everybody is to ask themselves the question of what is it that they could do every single day for the rest of their life and be completely happy with it. And then I say then to do that and to become the best they could possibly be at it. And then the next thing I tell them is to get under a mentor. That the fastest way to your to accomplish your goals is to be under somebody who's who can mentor you, you know, somebody who's doing it, somebody who you know, who is well seasoned in it, you know, and that's what, that's what I did. I got, I, I got under my dad's mentorship and every, and all of his friends. Cause he has, he knows a lot of people who are very well seasoned and know, know this, the sports inside and out from when it comes to racing or building engines and stunts. So and those, I just, I listen and I learn and I'm always open to learning new things from, from them. And, you know, yeah. So what you're doing is basically you're just volunteering your father up to all my audience of listeners to become a mentor. Is that what you're doing now? Sure, if you'd like to. Right. <laughs> Look, I'd love to. Look, I'm happy to learn anything. So uh, mentorship, anything else you might suggest? Um, 
Hmm. I would suggest um, whatever it is that you're doing, make sure you become well-rounded in it too. Okay. Yeah, because I'm when it comes to, you know, just like – like I don't just do like the drag racing. I I can I build my own engine. I know because not only does I do not only do I just build my own engine just you know to build my own engine, but I do it because I know I, that way I know my car inside and out. So I'm not just I'm not just driving my car. I I I know the sounds. Like that's how I started out when I was racing. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I literally just started using my trans brake. Okay. It, because I to this day I was trained with the stunt car and from my truck and the stunt car and, and racing the sixty four is I I shift off of sound. Yep. I shift off of the sound and I um I leave off of, you know, RPM. I uh I shift it on my own. I I um I um I, I just I learned everything how to how to do it from by the sound. Okay. And so when something goes wrong with the car I know exactly what it is because, you know, it inside and out. So it's it's good to be kind of well-rounded in everything that you do, even when it, like, you know, like if it came to, like, music or something. It's good to know, like, how to record. It's good to know, like, the lyric, the lyric side of it, the songwriting side of it, the singing side of it, just to kind of, like, you know, know kind of how it goes. So it's not, you know. Yeah. I'm trying to explain it, but, no, I get yeah. You. So basically you're saying is you should just get involved more than anything. Yeah. And don't worry about getting uh, scraped knuckles, basically, is what you're saying. Yeah, no. Oh, it's seat time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, seat time is very big. And everyone should go and instead of, and just go and give like drag racing a try. It's pretty, I mean, I found it pretty safe when I was doing because it wasn't going that fast. <laughs> it was just like merging on the freeway for a little bit, and that's yeah. it, the highway, and then that's over. Because what, Owendale's an eighth of a mile, right? Yeah, it is. Uh-huh. And so done in less than 10 seconds. Yeah. And then it's just waiting back in line again where you're just talking to everyone around you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, racing there, it's a lot of fun doing like the, the test and two nights that they have. Yeah. Yeah. But then, Hannah, if anyone's wanting to find out more details on you, where's the best place to find out more on you on like the social media and that kind of thing? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Hot Rod Hannah seven seven seven, and I've also got a YouTube. I think that one's under Hannah Malouf Racing, mm-hmm. and then I have Facebook also. Then, yeah, well, and Hannah, but on the Malouf Racing Engines website also too. Wonderful! It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, and I really, really appreciate you taking the time here. It's been absolutely fantastic. And you know, now I'm going to ask you on the air, so you can't say no. Is if you can give me a tour around the workshop afterwards? Absolutely. That's fantastic. Well, then everyone. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. It's always a real pleasure bringing these people to you. You can always find me at No Breaking on Instagram and Facebook. And if you've got any questions, please always feel free to reach out to me because I'd love to hear from you. Anyway, as always, guys, thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.